It is the 1st of November as we put the spooky season in our rear view mirrors to the Chair Shop podcast back here of another Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by, first of all, Paul. Hello. And also, Mr. Joe. Hello. How are we doing, lads? How are you keeping this uh, not quite, not very lovely at all Sunday evening? Uh, I'm doing okay. I have a lovely view of um, the estate where we live. Mm. Um, I, as I mentioned off air to the boys, I'm recording this uh, in a new spot. I'm looking, uh, I'm working off my windowsill here, which gives me a lovely view uh, of some parked cars, uh, street lights, uh, rain, and not much else. Nothing else happening. To, to do the. Um, the David Lynch weather report. I don't know if either of you guys watch David Lynch's weather report. He does on his YouTube channel every day. No. But there's no golden sunshine and no blue skies. It's very dark here. Very rainy. So have a great day. That's my David Lynch impression. Um, but yeah, this setup I think is working well for me. I think I'll probably record like this from now on. Nice, nice. Not yeah. as comfortable as the old bed, but I feel... Like I'm uh, a broadcaster. I feel like a real broadcaster, yeah. Which obviously I'm not. Hmm. I'm, I'm in the usual spot in the spare bedroom uh, in front of the big old monitor. So I can just, you know, oof, look at the rundown in right very big, expansive screen. So, yeah. Another quiet, um, let's say, uneventful week <laughs> on this on this side of things. Um, not too much to talk about. Obviously, announced yesterday that uh, the UK has now gone into full-on national lockdown, baby. It's back. Who would have thought it after weeks of um, Boris Johnson saying it wasn't going to happen? <laughs> it went and fucking happened. Couldn't have predicted it. Um, yeah, so until December the 2nd, we're now back in full-on lockdown. Mm. Uh, I doubt it's going to be as strict as the first one. I can't imagine that, but I think it's going to be... Uh, no more of this kind of mixing outside and blah blah blah. So yeah, it's a shame. This so this in, this entire show you're listening to, folks, is uh, is locked down. Uh, the six sides of steel. Um, as we as we do, yeah. Ours ours is is you know, so as similar to as you said, it was kind of like oh, it's back like like in March we're locking down, but with a, a several asterisks. Uh, the kids are in school, um, and we're. I think. I think this is happening in the UK as well. The Irish they're doing all this weird shit where it's like we want certain aisles of Tesco closed, yeah. so that you, you can only go in and buy breaded potatoes. You can't go in and get um, season two of House of Cards on DVD from the local <laughs> Tesco. Um, I, I think that. I think that's asinine. Um, I think uh, I'm completely fine with everywhere bar the supermarkets being closed. But I think if you if it's in the supermarket, sell it is, should, is my is my rationale. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because schools and universities are staying open. Yeah, and and along with care homes, that's like half the number of infections. Right. So you know, closing pubs is not going to make any difference whatsoever. Mm. Um. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's mad that this second wave seems to, it's going to be a lot worse than the first one. Who would have thought, who would have seen that coming? We sat through yeah. three months of lockdown to get to a point where we're doing another one where everything's even worse. 
and we're all fed up. So yeah, not a not a happy um, holiday season this year. What have uh, what have you gents been up to in the? Because uh, uh, Paul, me, and you are now what? This is week two um, of the. I've lost uh, count. Of the renewed lockdown, I don't. Again, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. I'll talk about it later in the game golf. I I've been getting great use out of the. I've been living in the virtual world this week. Um, Is that world in lockdown or? Uh, well, I, I, I'm I'm playing the Walking Dead game, so I'm like scavenging around for pills and like stabbing people who cross me. So yeah, you know, so pretty much the same as the real world. Much of a muchness. I figured out how to make stew. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, wow. that's that's about it. Um, we are seen as the only thing we're allowed to do is go to the shop. We've been trying to kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, last couple of weeks we've been properly good in terms of making dinners and and trying to make new things as well. Brona more so than I. I'm still making the same things because I don't know how to cook very well. But um, she made delicious uh, steak nachos during the week, which was or last night rather, which was uh, quite delicious. But uh, not much going on in in, in my life by the by, by that. How, how, how are you lads? Uh, how's your week's been? Yeah, much the same. I had another McDonald's disaster. Um, I, I, I told, uh, I told a few weeks ago of the story of trying to order a McDonald's breakfast on a Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, which took two hours to come. Um, so Friday again, ordered quite early. Ordered probably like half five or something. Thought getting early, mm. order a nice McDonald's for dinner. Um, ordered it. Thought oh, I, I don't. I won't keep checking the app because I have a tendency to you order it and I keep checking the app every two yeah. minutes to see if it's come. I thought I'll give it like thirty half an hour because I know it's not going to come soon. I'll give it half an hour and then I'll check the app. Check the app. The order hadn't gone through. Uh, had been rejected or cancelled or something. Oh. At this point, it's now gone six, getting on for six thirteen. I'm bloody starving, so I'm like, right, order it again, order it again. Doesn't go through again. Oh, so this point, I thought, sod it, go to the old reliable. We'll get a, a pizza because yeah. you know, yeah, but, yeah, pizza delivery. That's that's been going on for years. You know, what I mean, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They've got yeah. little, little fellas on mopeds. With a pizza. <laughs> off they go no paying for it you know you just get your pizza did that that was all fine checked the um app again lo and behold my mcdonald's uh, order was processing again after i'd ordered oh. the pizza so now i had two competing takeaway deliveries uh, approaching um kept waiting for the pizza kept waiting that didn't come kept checking the mcdonald's and it kept disappearing from the app one minute I check and it wasn't there. The next minute I check, so I had no idea whether this was coming or not. You can't like obviously talk to anyone at Uber because they don't care. They just give you a help menu where you just read <laughs> whatever you want to say. So um, yeah, and so about it, it took the pizza took quite a while. It was probably about an hour, over an hour to come, which is you know um, pretty slow comparison. I think maybe everyone just decided with the new lockdown to just go sod it we won't go out <laughs> we just don't get a, deli- get a takeaway um so eventually the pizza did come and i just like wolfed down this entire pizza at half past seven two hours after i you know tried ordering some food and eventually the mcdonald's just didn't come it was just cancelled eventually so i don't know whether it was the uber eats app whether it was mcdonald's what's going on there but yeah it's not smooth i think maybe mcdonald's just isn't set up to handle the kind of demand that that they're getting um they always seem to struggle with it but we got the, we got the pizza in the end um so yeah it's pretty pretty good but uh, i think it, like i say if you're going to order mcdonald's 
from an app, make sure you leave plenty of time. Yeah. You never know. That's all I'll say. Um, well, I don't want to rub it in, but I had a, a good McDonald's ordering experience just today. <laughs> How could that not be rubbing it in? I've had, though, a similar experience with um, yes, eh? Uber Eats app. Not with McDonald's, but with another uh, restaurant where I ordered one day and it was like fantastic. Great, great food. Mm-hmm. And then we ordered again and it took ages and it came and it was all cold. And we said, okay, well, maybe they're busy. You know, give the benefit of the doubt. And then we tried to order a third time and they're like, eh, we don't deliver to you anymore. <laughs> Too far away. And now they now it's up again. So I, I don't know what to believe. Um, mm. To the point where, like, we had ordered the third time and, it, you know, processing your order. And then I just got a thing. Uh, we're not bringing you that food. Um, so go, go somewhere else. Uh, but today we ordered uh, McDonald's and a pizza. Same as Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they both came within 20 minutes. That's pretty good. Which is great. Now, admittedly, you know, there's a difference between uh, the outskirts of Dublin and the outskirts, or depending on whereabouts you live, Joe, the London city centre. Um, yeah. I would assume London being about 100 times the size of Dublin, there's probably uh, more demand there. But um, yeah. I was nice. Uh, had a. Not only did it come on time, but they got the order correct, which I'm very happy about, because I went for the double quarter pounder. And as you folks know, no cheese, none of that shit on top. Just give me the, the meat and the buns. That's all I'm after. <laughs> uh, and that's all that came. So that was great. Although I was very, very specific in my order. I even said, please. So, you know, I, my, I figure if you say please, they have to do it. Um, I said, uh, I said, I only want the meat, the burger meat, I think I said. I don't know why burger was <laughs> specific enough. But I was like, burger meat and bread. <laughs> Um, and that came that was lovely uh also yesterday i baked cake Ooh, very nice haven't finished it yet but um obviously i wouldn't eat a whole cake myself but no one of those uh betty crocker cake in a box deals and you just kind of add um bit of milk bit of butter a couple of eggs and then whack it in the oven for 45 minutes. Oh, it's real good. Chocolate cake. Love it. Um, now, you might think, Paul, haven't you been trying to get all healthy? What's this about eating McDonald's and cakes all the time? Well, yes, but uh, I feel like I've given myself a bit of leeway to eat cakes and eat McDonald's because I've been working out with my new resistance bands that I bought last week. Don't remember if I mentioned on the podcast or not. Probably I did. Um, but I've been working out every day with those. Ooh. Every single day. This week, you're gonna have a little treat at the end of the day. Yeah, um, it, it comes with a, a little uh, workout guide, right? So tell it, it has like how many? Five by has like forty five different exercises you could do, depending on the body part that you're working out. So I, I was able to divide that more or less into like seven workouts, doing like five of them a day give or take um and they're great uh i i i do about half an hour workout every day uh chest is what i do of a monday or sorry not monday sunday because today's not monday um so i did chest again today tuesday 
is lower body. Um, Wednesday is abs, although let's be real. There's no abs going on there. We call that the, bel- the belly workout. Well, they're there. It's just you can't see them. They're, well, they're like a, uh, the hardest of the Koroks in Breath of the Wild. They're very fucking well hidden. Um, then you have biceps. Uh, then you have triceps, of course, and then shoulders and back. Knees and toes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, enjoying that, actually. Because, obviously, with lockdown, going to the gym is over. So, that's kind of the best I can get. And uh, I've really... Uh, I I feel like I, it's working. It's working, the Good. old exercise. Um, I do also have a little bit of a fear that I'm one of these days just going to rip the door off the hinges. Because I, you know, you have it set up that it has a little, um, what, what would you even call it? Like a little, oh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, like a little ball that connects to the bands and you put it over the door and close the door. So it, it kind of hangs from the top of the door and then you can do your like s- stretches on it or whatever. But um, I'm quite a heavy man and I've, I've ripped stuff off. I've ripped a radiator out of the wall before. <laughs> So I'm afraid that I'm going to... I don't know if I've ever told that story, but um, I'm afraid I'm going to rip this door out because I am i am still a 200-pound man uh, leaning at like 45 degrees doing my chest pulls. Big dense man. Big dense man. Um, what else have I done? Oh, finished the Christmas shopping. Christmas shopping is finito for this year. Um, I have still got a couple of things to arrive, but... Um, it's all done. It's all ordered uh, mm. two months in advance. So even though there's stuff that I've ordered, I have my little notepad file on my tablet here with all the stuff I'm waiting to arrive because I'm just going to forget what I've ordered. <laughs> when, when you order so many things, um, it's very easy to forget. And then when they never come, you just don't even think about it. Um, yeah, so I still have some stuff from like 26th of September, 7th of October uh, that hasn't arrived yet. But um, Christmas is still two months away, so I should be mm. all right. Um, yeah, and then this year was the first time that people were asking me, like, what do I want for Christmas? And the reality is, um, there's not really a lot that I want. Um, I'm not going to say somebody specifically, well, I would like, uh, snowboard kids on the N64. (laughs) I want, um, (laughs) some random GameCube games I used to own. Give me that Zelda's Collector's Edition GameCube game with, uh, the first two games and then the two N64 games. So what I did for the first time this year um, was I just made it an Amazon wish list. <laughs> yeah. Because um, especially like Natty's family and uh, my own family, I'm apparently quite hard to buy things for. I don't think I am. Well, I, I like the like So we, this is the oblivious yeah. podcast where we think we're easy, but we're not. Yeah. So I said, look, don't be like, don't give out the wish list because there's some stuff on it that's like, I, I pretty expensive because I use it as well just for me to remember things I want to get. Or that I come across and go, oh, one day I'll buy myself that. But I said I said to Natty, for example, like, here's the link for you to keep. And if anybody asks you what I want, just pick like the cheapest thing off it and tell them like that. Um so yeah. Apart from that, I think that's all I got up to this week. Alrighty. Uh, we can jump into nothing. Didn't do anything for Halloween, obviously. Nothing you can do, I guess. Uh, well, we we um did some pumpkins this year. This is the first time I've ever 
what do you do? Chop a pumpkin? No. Carve. 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 I've never carved a pumpkin before. Um, so I was a little bit over. Uh, um, what's the word? Enthusiastic. Over enthusiastic, a little bit over uh, ambitious, maybe. Mm. With what I could carve in. So I, I drew on the face of the pumpkin. Yeah. Uh, the Hylian shield design from Zelda. Oh. The, shield, the shield that Link uses, right? Um, and I started by like, okay, these are the bits I'm just going to cut out completely, and then these are the bits where I'm going to like um, grate away kind of the, the skin of the pumpkin, but not cut through it completely so like the light will shine through that a little bit. Um, what I realized I should have done was grate the entire face first and then do the cutting yes when you cut out the bits and then you try to chop the skin off the pumpkin the integrity of the pumpkin is already weakened to the point that it's just going to start falling apart so the middle bit just kind of turned into a bit of a blob but um i was happy with how it turned out natty did a really just like a cool halloween pumpkin jack-o'-lantern face on hers uh, i put that picture up on my instagram happy with how it turned out for like a first time ever but um, definitely lessons learned for 2021 Halloween, if we all live that long. Yeah, yeah just a, a movie and TV marathon uh, for me, which we'll uh, discuss in the next uh, segment. Yeah, much the same. We did put a little, uh, we didn't dress up. The amount of people I saw who were dressing up, you know, for the purpose of staying in, just for something to do, was actually kind of amusing. Uh, kind of thinking, Sorry for putting this out into the universe, but next year, if we're still on lockdown, which is a perfectly good chance we will be, um, I was like, yeah, maybe just for a bit of fun, I might do that, but really didn't do anything other than watch a lot of movies. Um, and I will jump in here to the telly guff next, uh, where we have a number of spooky subjects. Uh, I watched another episode of Lovecraft Country, episode five, which was fantastic. That was a great episode to watch on, on Halloween night. Uh, I don't want to really get into what it, there was some great visual effects in that episode uh pretty damn tremendous and uh, the overall episode was great watch that and i uh, caught up on the old youtube as well watch the halloween um uh, best of the worst which was quite mm. funny uh, which i enjoyed and i caught up on some other various other little halloween trinkets that 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 uh, um that had been uploaded that i'd added to my list uh, yeah and i watched a couple of movies i'll talk about later how about you lads what did you watch um, well, I, I did a, a kind of sitcom Halloween special marathon um, to start off okay. um, Saturday morning. So I started with The Fresh Prince, uh, Hex and the Single Guy, which is the episode where Will and the family go to see a medium who uh, contacts um, Hillary's dead fiancé, Trevor, and they kind of laugh it off and then everything starts to go wrong. So it's a very funny episode. I've probably I've seen it quite a few times. Um, funnily enough, when I found it on Netflix, it's the only episode of The Fresh Prince I've watched on Netflix. And so when I wanted to watch it, it was like in the last two minutes. So I had to rewind it to start from the beginning. But that's a good one. Watched Boy Meets World, which was one of my, one of my favorites growing up. They have a really funny kind of slasher parody. And that's really good. It's at the point, though, in the in the run of that show where uh, Corey, the main character, has kind of he's in the throes of puberty. He's right in the middle of it, and he looks like a potato. His head <laughs> looks like a big old jacket potato. <laughs> it's, it's it's very interesting. It's also at the point in that show in which they kind of 
retooled it into being like, um, rather than being a sitcom about a kid kind of growing up, they'd introduced like all these other teen characters. So it was kind of more like a, a Dawson's Creek or an, a party of five or an OC. There is all these like teen characters hanging out. So that's quite funny. Um, yeah, that was a good episode. Watched a few others, 30 Rock, Goldbergs. Um, Safe by the Bell, unfortunately, is not streaming anywhere, so I couldn't watch the Halloween episode of that. But um, yeah, yeah, some good some good episodes. Um, also, I've been watching, working my way through season two of The Simpsons mm. on Disney+. Plus. Um, starting to get starting to get good now. After the kind of, you know, slightly kind of weird season one, which doesn't have a lot of jokes in it, but it's very kind of melancholy. I think season two is where it starts to find, you know, that kind of classic Simpsons rhythm. Um, I would say Dancing Homer is, is a good good one for that. Um, Bart gets hit by a car, which was actually the first episode of The Simpsons I ever, I ever watched back in the day. Um, that's very notable because that has the debuts of Lionel Hutz, Nick, uh, Dr. Nick, and the kind of nasally lawyer that often appears uh, representing Mr. Burke. Oh, wow, yeah. They all debut in that episode, so I feel that's where it really starts to get going. And that's a re- that's just a really kind of funny episode as well. Uh, and also Dead Putting Society, where um, Bar and Rod, or it's Rod or Todd, but they um, face off in a, in a mini golf competition. Um, that's, that's a great one as well. And that's where you see Flanders. And start to develop into more than just the kind of neighbor um, the home doesn't like, and more into the kind of religious guy and um, the kind of quirky sort of oddball guy. Um, yeah, so some really some really good episodes. I'm, I'm enjoying season two. Looking forward to getting into season three. Where I think we'll really start to really start to move. Um, yeah, that's been that's been about it for TV. How about you, Paul? Uh, Paul? Uh, a lot of kind of one-off things for me here. I watched uh, the South Park pandemic special. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, which came out a few weeks ago. It was all right. It was fine. Yeah. Um, there were some bits in it that were like silly beyond belief. That got a good laugh out of me. But um, a lot of it, like specifically the reliance on Tegrity Farm and the continuing of that storyline for whatever reason really irks me because it's incredibly unfunny um it was fine it definitely felt because it was a special it was it was twice as long as a normal south park episode would be and it definitely felt twice as long Mm. um i think even for a special they might want to keep it to normal episode length or at least break it up into like a part one part two like they did with that imagination land one they did a few years ago Mm. um yeah, like I said, the, the the bits where it was more like silly than like biting satire were the bits that I enjoyed the most. And for the the most part, I thought that it kind of didn't land. So I, I give it like a thumbs in the middle somewhere. Mm. Um, I do enjoy South Park generally, so it was nice to get a bit of South Park when we haven't had any now for over a year. But um, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're continuous. Uh, the, the, the way they've stuck with this this storyline that really <laughs> never was good and never hit, but they've been doing it for like three years now. I don't know why they can't just let that one go and, and move back to what the show used to be. But look, 
Um, also watched the first episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, yes, the new one. Any good? Which dropped yesterday. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, uh, it, it was another one of those episodes where it felt uh, very westerny, mm. which were some of the episodes that I enjoyed the most in the first season. Mm. Um, also, there's some nice uh, nods to the movies in a, in a, in a clever, subtle way. Um, God, what a Star Wars nerd thing to say that is. Mm-hmm. But like, there, there's ways that they refer to the movies that aren't like, and then Panda Baba shows up and goes, he doesn't like you. You know? Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely like, oh, there's that thing from that movie, and it's not like pointed out, or it's not a central plot point, or, you know, it's very, very just... If you pick up on it, there it is for you. If you don't, won't affect your enjoyment of the episode at all. Um, Hello, I'm Sebulba. Would you like to race me? I'd like to race a lot. <laughs> I'm Sebulba from Phantom Menace. Um, Did you see on Dynamite this week? JR was like, well, stick around. Coming up next, great movie. It's Phantom Menace. The Phantom yeah. Menace. <laughs> I was like, oh, TNT just shows superhero movies and Star Wars and wrestling. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought it was really good. That being said, there were some uh, laziness in the writing that I noticed. Um, there was a bit where... Without, without, without spoiling where the plot goes, because I assume you guys who watch it want to go into it unspoiled, but there's yeah. a there's a bit where some characters um, who appear to be completely like unarmed, etc., suddenly have a like uh, Game of Thrones esque giant crossbow, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Where did that big crossbow come from?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, don't worry, it's just they had it. It's just there." Um, but no, generally, generally, I thought it was really good. So I give it a good, I give it a good thumbs up for episode one of season two. I think. Uh, if you're excited to watch The Mandalorian or if you enjoyed kind of the most part of the first season, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, I watched a bit of Gilmore Girls for the first time. Oh. I think, uh, Joe, did you say that you've watched Gilmore Girls or is that... Yeah, 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 yeah. You've watched it a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, only once through last year, but now we're on our second run through. But yeah, I, I love it. Right. Well, Natty had it on... Uh, while I was working uh, on Friday, because it was very quiet, and I was just doing my my Excel reports, and so I'll usually, while I'm working, uh, I'll usually have Drag Race or something, or the soup on in the background, you know, just some mm-hmm. some background noise, because <laughs> Excel reports aren't as glamorous as they might sound. Okay. Um, but sh- she was watching Gilmore Girls, and I'd say we watched a good two and a half episodes from the middle of season one, okay? So as a complete Gilmore Girls noob, here's what happened, right? So um, Rory, who was the the smaller of the Gilmore Girls, (laughs) (laughs) uh, although her forehead is the bigger of the little girl. Um... She was going to some dance of some kind with. Uh, she asks Dean to go. Dean, who works in a grocery store, 
And um, but then her mother was kissing the English teacher. What the hell in the school? Uh oh. But then Christopher shows up. He's Rory's dad. And then anyway, all this madness was happening that I was kind of half able to pay attention to. Mm. But I found like I was I was like really into it. I was like, oh, this this is really good. So I suggested to Natty, look, I wouldn't mind you just watch this show from the beginning. <laughs> so yeah. I think I think we're going to maybe when we finish Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll start Gilmore Girls from the start. I think Natty's already watched Gilmore Girls maybe two or three times through. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. Can like other, sh- yeah, other shows like um, Grey's Anatomy that I've tried to get into. Shite. I don't know, yeah. No, I would say shite. I think they, they have some good episodes, but because of the hospital setting, they kind of feel a little bit repetitive oh, or a little yeah. bit monotonous. Where whereas this one, although it definitely of what I've seen so far, ticks some of the boxes of like um rich wasp porn. Oh yeah. Um oh yeah. It, it's it's definitely that kind of uh, wealth fantasy that um Without generalizing, that some women seem to enjoy. Um, <laughs> but I I really enjoyed what I saw of it. So um, we'll go back to the start and we'll watch Gilmore Girls. The thing is, the characters are all really likable in it, even though it has, you know, not quite an Aaron Sorkin. Everyone is a a witty comedian. It has a, a little bit of that to it. Yeah, a bit of that, but, but not to a point where. It's um, it's overbearing. Where they're like ins- insufferable. <laughs> yeah, like in every Aaron Sorkin film or TV show, except the West Wing. Um, except West Wing, uh, Social Network is also very good. Yeah, and uh, I liked. Uh, no, that's it actually. <laughs> <laughs> the newsroom was rubbish. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, watch a few more Twin Peaks. Mm. Um, we're still in the midst of what is considered the bad part of Twin Peaks. We're just about to come out of that back into where it kind of starts becoming good again. Um, definitely one of the criticisms I would say about it is that post the uh, murder storyline being resolved, uh, the show kind of dips more into that soap opera feeling, which initially, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a parody or a satire of of soap operas, but it definitely has that feel and, and does kind of poke fun at the genre from time to time. Uh, like it even has one of those show within the shows where sometimes you'll see on the TV someone is watching one of those wacky American daytime uh, soaps. Mm-hmm. But post the the murder storyline being resolved, the show itself actually feels more soap opery than ever. Um, in particular, there's one storyline with uh, James, the character James, which just has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's not even in Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, so, you know, for the most part, I'm still enjoying it. Um, I don't think the the bad part is even that bad. Like I said, the tone of the show shifts a little bit for the worse, but um, there's still a lot of a lot of good stuff in there, still a lot of nuggets of, uh, of interest that I'm, uh, that I'm still very much enjoying. So I think we have like seven or eight episodes left of the original series. Uh, then we'll do the movie and maybe the missing pieces. Um, and then we'll get on to the return, which is what I'm most looking forward to. Where, where chronologically is the movie supposed to fit in? Uh, it's a prequel. 
It's a prequel, okay. So, like, a prequel, like, you could watch it first, or should you watch it when it was released? No, you should watch it in, in release order. Okay. Because the the uh, the prequel, what I know about it is that it's, um, it's like, the last week of Laura Palmer's life leading up to her murder. So, right. <laughs> if you don't want to know how she got murdered, don't watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um... Hmm. Yeah, it's strange that he would do David Lynch would do a prequel post the series completing. I, I obviously I need to watch it to maybe get a feel for that, but um I'm surprised they didn't do what so many series do that get cancelled is like, well, let's wrap up the story with a film. But I guess David Lynch is good at kind of subverting expectations like that. So. Yeah. That's what it was. And that was the Telly Guff for the week. Uh, jump into game cuff there. I mentioned earlier I'm uh, I went all in on the old virtual reality this week. I don't know why, but for some reason I think it's just because I I'm playing two games at the moment that have really clicked with me in a way um, that's a little bit more than the old novelty of you know put it on and, and play around a beat saber. And it's like okay, that's I've 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 gotten that now. That's done. Uh, I'm playing more of the the Walking Dead game I talked about there last week. Uh, properly after getting its hooks into me, it's very very satisfying. It's after opening up in um, in a way that's that's really interesting. You've got your little um, like hub world, uh, and in your in your base camp, you've got a, a radio. And I've gotten to this part now where if you tune to a certain radio, you can hear. Uh, you know, it's in the Walking Dead universe, so you've got factions, and this camp doesn't like that camp, and we're all out here scavenging for, for the same amount of goods, and you can tune into this, this radio frequency, and it says, oh, you know, there's a medical cache in this part of town, so if you want, you can kind of uh, abandon the next story, or not abandon it, but put off the next story mission, and ferry off to that part of town, and go rooting for supplies, because you have uh, health and stamina to maintain, or there's a weapons cache, things of that nature. So it's, you know, opening up in a way that, that I, I have found super interesting, um, and I still I still find the, the, the combat really, really good. I, I unlocked a gun that, I don't know what it's called, I think it's, it's like a lever-action rifle. It's basically the Terminator 2 gun, where the trigger comes away from the gun. That's how you eject the the the, the case. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right, yeah. Yeah. So I got that and to reload it you gotta do the thing. You gotta do the motion. You gotta hold it and then move the, the hand that's on the trigger and it's incredibly satisfying. It's it makes okay. you feel like you're the terminator. I'm like this is this is why VR is good. To just do stupid things like this and just feel cool. Um but yeah, really, really, really enjoying that. Um, uh, I, I, pl I was playing it earlier to the point that the, that I had to stop only because the headset battery was was uh, was depleted, um, which is not something I've ever done before. Um, so yeah, played that, really enjoying it. I'm also playing Population One, which is a battle royale game on the the quest and. I think PC VR as well. And it is very bare bones. It is literally just, they said, hey, we're going to make a VR game that's Battle Royale. That's that's the hook. Um, uh, and it's it's really fun. It's it's um, uh, it's all team based, so you have to you have to well you don't have to, but it's encouraged to to talk to the the randos you're playing with. Um, 
I haven't had, I haven't had any unpleasant experiences yet, which is pretty good. And I won a couple games, which is uh, which is great. It's just it's exactly what you expect. You skydive onto the map like you would in Fortnite or, or PUBG. Uh, that is very trippy in VR. It's very cool. Uh, and I suppose the one kind of unique gimmick it has is that you can effectively Spider-Man your way up any surface in the game. Uh, you can literally just put your hands on a wall and climb it. There's no in-universe explanation for why you can do that. It's just you can climb. Um, and it's very satisfying, very cool to climb the side of a, a skyscraper and then like hang off with the other hand and shoot down in the in, in VR. Very, very cool. So, so two games that I've, I've actually really, really uh, enjoying. It might be some of my favorite I've played all year, um, which is not anything I was really expecting or not anything I've experienced so far um, with, with the headset because it's often very kind of a li- cool but limited experiences. Uh, so uh, big thumbs up on the two of them uh, uh, yeah and on the on the uh, non headset immersive world I did just this afternoon finally start the Final Fantasy 7 remake on the old Playstation 4 um, which I think I played about 10 or so hours of this as a kid I never finished it I didn't really get it I've, I have, and I don't think I've touched a Final Fantasy game since then. I've never really cared about that genre of games or, or that art style or anything, anything Final Fantasy that has never grabbed me. But this was, you know, one of the big name releases in a year that I think has been pretty quiet, uh, game wise. Uh, so I fired it up and I played an hour, I played the first chapter, which is kind of a big, a big action set piece where you learn all the, the tools and then it culminates in, in a boss fight. It's good. I, I enjoy it. It, um, it certainly intrigued me whether or not I'll stick it out for the whole 25, 30 hours it is. Uh, we'll see. I'll report back. But it's, it's, it's a very pretty looking game. I'll say that much. Um, and it's got a very, um, how would you describe it? It's got a very big, intense orchestral score, very epic uh, very, you know, epic, fantastical adventure. Um, yeah, liking it. As someone who knows nothing about Final Fantasy, I think I think the the intro was strong, at least. Um, hmm. Yeah, you're you're not a Final Fantasy guy, are you, Paul? No, not at all. But I'd be lying if I said that it, I'm not interested somewhat by this game just because of the hype that Final Fantasy VII gets. Yeah, the the battle system is interesting. It's it's weirdly splitting the difference between a character action game and a turn-based Final Fantasy game. It's, it's, you can, uh, you're running around and you're mashing square to do combos and then you can pause the game at any time uh, to use abilities or to command your party to do something. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's meshing kind of like a modern action game with, with what that game, original game was twenty years ago, it's weird. I, I I'm curious to see how how that how that plays out again. I just did the the opening act, but uh, yeah, uh, solid first impression. Um, so that that's what I'm playing at the moment. Maybe if it goes on sale over, don't play, Sony usually do like a twelve days of Christmas sale or something. Maybe I, I'll pick it up. Yeah, I would I would imagine given it came out so early in the year, that would be I would I would be very surprised if that wasn't a holiday sale. Um game uh, I, I got it ages ago I think I got it on sale at some point and I, I wasn't going to bother with it I was like yeah I don't really care about Final Fantasy I got enough to play at the moment and you know there's new stuff coming out around the corner and then Cyberpunk got delayed and I was like well I guess I'll fire up the old <laughs> um, yeah. 
I'm not saying it's the only reason I got it, but Cyberpunk was a huge reason I bothered pre-ordering one of the new Xboxes, because I was like, I want to have a, a fast machine to play this on, and now it's now it's delayed a month, so there you go. But anyway, that's the old video games for me this week. What have you been playing? Um, Well, still playing Ghost of Tsushima, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm about 15 hours into that now. Okay. You've long overtaken uh, me now, actually. Yeah, really, really enjoying it. I'm just coming now to where I've done all of the um, the main quest stuff leading up to going back to what's Castle Canada, whatever it's called, where the the Mongol chief is. Mm. So I've I've more or less done all the individual. Th- I think I think I've won more of those little uh, main quest strands to do, which is the the forge. There's the guy who builds. Uh, However, you're going to get back into the castle or some build some contraption for that. But um, yeah, really, really enjoying it. Like I said last week, I love all the story stuff. Um, although the graphics aren't mind blowingly good, I really like the art style of it, specifically how kind of expressive all the characters are, mm. um, which to me just kind of elevates those cutscenes above a typical. Um, Let's take Assassin's Creed, for example, which I think Assassin's Creed has better graphics, but in the cutscenes, the characters can be quite kind of stony-faced. Wooden, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, all the characters feel very expressive, and it kind of uh, adds to it for me. Um, so we're still really, really loving that. Like I said, just on the precipice of crossing over into like the second act of the game, I'm still on that first island, which I'd say, I'd say I've explored maybe 75% of that island now, that first island. Because I'm not always doing necessarily um, side quests. Sometimes I'll just be like, okay, I haven't gone this way yet. Kind of like in a Breath of the Wild type thing. And I'll just go and see what's there. And sometimes it'll be a fox den, or sometimes it'll be uh, a bamboo chopping challenge or whatever. Um, Really enjoying that. Played some Animal Crossing uh, because it was the Halloween event yesterday and November. So there's new bugs and fish and all that stuff. Um... I have a bit of an Animal Crossing rant, so I'll just do it quickly. Okay. Um, for a game that I've put 160 hours into this year, uh, Animal Crossing is one of the worst designed games of the last five years, I would say. Um, I hate doing the uh, sea critter collecting because to swim in the sea, you have to constantly just hammer the A button. Mm. Uh, to swim otherwise you swim incredibly slowly um why can't you just hold a to swim why can't you just move the directional stick to swim why do you have to tap constantly a because when you're looking for the the rare sea critters sometimes it'll take you 15 20 minutes to find what you're looking for and that's 15 to 20 consecutive minutes of tapping the a button that's ridiculous yeah, as, as, a, as a newbie to Animal Crossing, that sounds like a lot of the mechanics to me, where I was like, I know this is kind of like a do-a-little-daily-chore game, but this, but the video game part of this is actually not designed as well as I would like. No, inventory management always has been rubbish. Also, when you're in the sea, you can't, like... Um release the critters you've caught for example like you would with with fish right right when you're fishing sometimes you'll catch fish you already had you just release it back in the sea so it doesn't take up space in your inventory uh you can only release fish when your pocket is full why that doesn't make any sense to me um crafting is rubbish why can't you craft 
20 fish bait at a time. Why do you have to do it one by one? It's so badly designed. I, I, although, like I said, I've put hours and hours and hours into it, and I do want to finish that collection. I want to get all the bugs. I want to get all the fish. I want to get all the critters and the art and all that. God, I just wish it wasn't a pain in the hole to play. Because it's supposed yeah. to be, like you said, Barry, it's supposed to be a do a little chore a day. It's a relaxing game. There's no stress to it. I get more stressed playing this game because of the mechanics of it than I do playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, at no point do I feel relaxed playing it because I'm constantly hammering a button. It feels like I'm playing track and field or something. <laughs> it's um, it's so poorly designed. It's It's really, really shocking. Anyway. Moving on from Animal Crossing, which I, I did catch all the stuff, so I won't play again until December, thank Christ. Um, uh, played a bit more Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC, uh, specifically playing the Dynamax Adventure part, which is uh, a new mode where you... It's kind of like a... like a, um, Not necessarily a story mode, but you know in like wrestling games where you can just do like a, a King of the Ring mode or... A, a, uh, what was it like? Not career mode. What did WrestleMania 18 on the GameCube? Uh, have? Like a, uh, adventure game mode. Was it not like... even adventure, but just where you have like uh, like a Street Fighter style story mode where you just like battle, 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 oh, battle. Oh yeah, go 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 yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So Pokemon has a mode like that where you you do four consecutive battles, and if you win all four, you you get like a legendary Pokemon that you can catch. Right. So I've just been doing that all week. I've caught like twenty different legendary Pokemon, and then last night. Um, and if you're not familiar with the term shiny in Pokemon, <laughs> shiny is a f- uh, kind of a phenomenon in the Pokemon games where something like one out of three and a half thousand or something Pokemon you catch will be shiny. Shiny meaning uh, differently colored to the usual Pokemon. Right? right. So in the entire 70 hours that I've played Pokemon Sword and Shield, I caught one shiny Pokemon, maybe out of the. 5,000 Pokemon I caught playing that game, right? And it's like a special thing, because, oh my god, I caught a... I don't know what the actual alternate colors are, but just say, I caught a green Pikachu, and then you just have this green Pikachu, and it's like, that's cool. I have a unique thing that most other people don't have, right? Um... In the Dynamax Adventure, that's that's really reduced the 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 rate at which you catch these Pokemon. It goes from like one in three thousand to one in three hundred. So it means it's a lot easier to get these special Pokemon, right? And then if you have a special item, that gets reduced further to like one in one hundred. So for those who had the DLC, there's a real incentive to like do this mode because it allows you to get these special Pokemon that are so difficult to get. Uh, and then last night. I got my second shiny Pokemon. I got a shiny Mewtwo, uh, which is a green a green Mewtwo, and that, I was so so happy with that because uh, the one shiny Pokemon I got previously was a Nuzlocke, which is like a shitty Pokemon that no one uses. So to get like a special colored Mewtwo is like is really cool. So uh, although I said last week that the DLC is basically a load of shite and that no one should bother, uh, you can get a shiny Mewtwo doing it. So maybe give it a go. Uh, and that's all I've uh, played this week. I was going to play some Pez, but then the football got me angry, and I don't want to play it anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a real thing. If we lose the football, I don't want to play Pez. I'm not in the mood. Okay. I won't judge you. I'm sure Joe understands. <laughs> Silently judging. Um. So that's the game go there for the week. Who's watched a movie this week? 
I watched two movies on Halloween. Um, we watched Coco, um, which is not a, a scary movie, of course, but it is a Halloween-themed movie because it's about the uh, the Day of the Dead in Mexico. Um, that's a great movie. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, I think I think of all Pixar movies, that Toy Story aside, that is my favourite. Like, wow! I, I, wow! I struggled to, you know, looking through the list. There's some I like, but I, that one is just really on a on a hell of a level. Again, I'm not sure if it beats all the Toy Stories, but it's it's would definitely be top four behind those three, if not top three. Um, so yeah, really, really fun movie. And it, oh, it's such a beautiful movie as well. You know, watching it in, in kind of four four K quality, the colours of it is oh, it's amazing. And just really fun, really touching as well. The family stuff and the song. It's, it's really, really good. Definitely the best movie I think they've done in the last decade. Wow. Yeah, I, I've gone to my uh, letterboxd.com Pixar list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do have Coco at number three. Wow. Fucking hell. Eh? Just behind Coco. Behind Toy Story and Toy Story 3. I think Coco is a movie that certain people will get more out of depending on how much they can relate to the film because there's certain themes and certain things happen in the film that sure um <laughs> if, if you've experienced yourself if you have a family if you have a family and a heart not made of concrete because <laughs> um, i'll say coco two or three times got the old uh the old dusty eye <laughs> you know what i mean oh. um, got a little uh, got a little wetness in the old peepers watching that uh, a couple of times. Um, also, I have it on glorious, glorious Blu-ray. Yeah. And, uh, ooh, it's a nice-looking Blu-ray, let me tell you. Fantastic-looking film. Um, uh, yeah, I, for, to me, Coco just kind of ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? It's uh, mm. it's emotional, it's funny, it's an adventure. It's uh, it's kind of interest, interesting and a bit spooky as well. It's not like a set in a kind of, you know, everyday world. Exactly. And it's got yeah. that going for it. It does. It has that um, almost like a Studio Ghibli mm. spirited way kind of feel to it, where it's in a, in another world, a fancy world. Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yes, we watched that. That was great. And then watched, speaking of great movies, also watched uh, The Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yes. Uh, the, probably for the 10th time. Um, I haven't watched it for a while, so yeah, that was really, it's really funny, really smart. The way it's it's only 90 minutes long. They move at such a pace. The way they kind of set up the characters in that first scene in the house, where they're all kind of just sort of goofing off and talking about, you know, um, talking about themselves and the weekend, the way it sets it up is fantastic. And I just, I love all the scenes with um, Bradley Whitford at the facility as well. They're just so funny. Um, God, what a great movie. Just such a great concept, great execution, really funny, moves along very quickly. Great kind of, horror trope references and yeah stands stands the test of time um that movie's been out a while now that was 2012 yeah 2010 yeah. 11 12 yeah yeah 2011 god it's already nine years old yeah and it hasn't really been you know I'd, i would say we were talking about scream last week and i would say you know for the past decade cabin in the woods was the kind of standard bearer of sort of satirical uh, horror movies it's already been much like that since, but yeah, good shit. So it was a great, a great Halloween evening watching those two. 
There's also a good commentary uh, track for that movie Ooh. available at chairshotpodcast.com. Uh, I don't know where the link is or how you'd find it. Probably just Google chairshotpodcast.com, yeah. Cabin in the Woods, and you'll yeah. find it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cabin in the Woods might be one of the the classic in the, in the Halloween rotation that I actually didn't get to this year. Um, I, I think we just watched it during the year because it's a great movie and we wanted to watch something so we watched that fairly recently but that that is usually one that i get watched every year along with texas chainsaw you know blair witch and um, stuff like that uh yeah I watched, Speaking uh, of, by the way before you go on with your movies Barry, sure um i was in my parents attic a few weeks ago looking for my gamecube games which i don't have anymore um because they weren't there um and I came across a little gem from years past. Mm-hmm. I my VHS copy of Jingle All the Way. Oh, oh. wow! Still have it. Still got uh, it. Obviously, obviously, it's been replaced by the DVD copy that I now own. But mm-hmm. came but across. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that movie." You're you're a collector. You know, you're a collector. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the only VHS I still have. I must get a copy of that because I don't believe uh, it's on any streaming services. Um, I, I was th- I was thinking as well as last night for the actual Halloween night, uh, we watched a fantastic scary film, 28 Days Later. Um, and watching that one, I was like, oh, God, I should probably upgrade to the Blu-ray for this one. But then again, just with how that one's filmed, I think that's just how it's supposed to look. Um, yeah. It's not, it not a very good-looking film, which is plays to its strengths at certain points, but at other points, I'm like, this. I would love to show this to a person who's never heard of this film and ask them, what year do you think this film was, was I made? think I wrote exactly that sentiment in my review of that movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, you know, I think it does help, but at certain points, then it is, it, you know, it's it's going for a grimy look, but at certain points, it's just... You it kind just of, looks like shite. Yeah, you kind of wish, it's like, okay, like the church scene when he goes in there and he sees the stack of bodies, you can't make out really what it is. It's it's just like, it's 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 yeah. kind of an amorphous blob. But yes, 28 Days Later is still a, a fantastic film. Um, I still really, really love it. I mean, that, that final act is just crazy. Um, and, and really, really thoroughly enjoy that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I mentioned. By the way, you mentioned there about the the um, the, the beautiful Blu-ray. Uh, when I mm. when I watched the thing for the first time, that was on Blu-ray. That is yeah. one gorgeous looking film to have a Blu-ray of. Oh my god, I was constantly. Yeah. You know, that is a phenomenal looking film. Um, uh, uh, Exorcist was, was solid, but oh my god, I'm very glad I got that that particular film on the old physical disc. Uh, but anyway, uh, other films uh, re- that I rewatched: uh, A Quiet Place, that's on Netflix. Also, if you're in the UK or Ireland, it's actually free on all four at the moment, which is nice. Uh, still love it. I still think it's 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 really really uh, uh, technically great and 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 solid performances. And uh, I think the whole bathtub scene is like tremendous, tremendous. The only thing I just don't, I the only thing that really held me back from just adoring that film, I think the ending is really cheesy. Um, contrasted to the rest of the film, it just, it's a bit much. And I know they wanted to make a sequel, but like looking at the trailer, like the sequel looks great, looks intense. It looks like a, a, a really interesting follow-up to the first one. I don't know why A Quiet Place sort of ends like a Zombieland movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is, 
another thing I watched that I'll talk about in a second. But yeah, it's literally the last like two minutes. I just don't dig. But uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. Otherwise, uh, and I did in fact watch the second Zombieland film, which I never, which I didn't see when it came out there in theaters last year. I believe it was. Um, really enjoyed the first one. A good, you know, rip roaring, good, good time action zombie thing. And then the second one is like fine. It's it's more of that, but maybe not as good because it's not as surprising. Um, it's not as funny. Uh, it's not as innovative because it is playing off its own its own jokes and 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 uh, whatnot from the first film. But it's it's a perfectly fine watchable action comedy. Um, uh, if that is if that is your bag, if you enjoy if you enjoyed the first one, I think you will get a kick out of the second one. But just uh, keep in mind, it's a very more of the same sequel, um, which is kind of weird. It took them ten years. Like if you're going to take ten years to bring a sequel out, you kind of want it to be this big, you know, event triumphant we came out here with this incredible return to form of all your characters and then it was just like this feels like a film that should have come out two years after the first one do you know what i mean mm. uh but it's 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 solid uh and then in the non-spooky well in the, in the slightly different kind of scary uh category i watched the new david attenborough documentary on netflix uh, a life on our planet which is kind of um, his life as a a man exploring the world, discovering untouched parts of the world, and then sort of as he uh, he talked about how he realized as he as he grew up and he how he saw all these different things, he realized obviously the the extent of the of, of the damage we were doing to the world, and it is very much a plea to to uh, to let's all get together and and see if we can save the planet. There's even a little bit of. Um, uh, speculation and, and, and predictions as to what the future will look like if we uh, keep going at the current pace. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. Oh, um, yeah. It's bad. Things are not going well. Um, yeah, it is really good. Um, and obviously the, the message is very important. But if I, just to be incredibly selfish, I feel like I would have just preferred a fully-fledged Attenborough uh, biopic Um because they obviously they had access to the wealth of of footage that he has been involved in over the years, you know, for the BBC and various other outlets and stuff like that. Just incredible, incredible footage um, from when he's like an unrecognizable young man in black and white footage, um, you know, just playing with these little chimps in a tree. I mean, it's just fascinating. And I, I, I like, I, I kind of wanted to watch it. It's like, okay, I, I know the planet's fucked. I kind of wish that was just the story of the film. But uh, nonetheless, it's still very entertaining. So uh, give that a watch. If you're a fan of his other work, I'd say it's very good. And that's my movies. Cool. Cool. That's it. Anyone got any emails? I don't. I don't have any emails. You didn't play any games this week, Joe? No, I'm, on, I've been reading a book at the moment, so I'm off, off the games for now. Yeah, me too. I'm reading. You'll be surprised to hear about video games. Oh, well, that's a fucking change. Um, <laughs> I'm currently currently reading a book called Gigged by. It's not about wrestling. It's about people blading. Oh, it, okay. Um, it's about the gig economy by a writer called Sarah. Oh, so very interesting insight into uh, into that world. So I'm nearly finished with that. So I'll review that next week. But uh, yeah, probably get back onto Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, maybe this or next week, week after. 
yeah. So, yeah, no other, no other games. I'm just about finished with the Zelda book I'm reading, and then I'm going to read uh, the French Zelda book I bought. Uh-huh. So I'll brush up the old... <laughs> I also bought... Here's a little update for you, sir. Grab it out over here. I bought a, uh, a Twilight Princess guide, right? Uh, which, again, my favorite Zelda game. Uh, it came in, like, fucking mint condition. It's incredible condition for how old it is. Three pounds it cost me. Thanks very much. Mm. On the old eBay. Oh. eBay. Um, yes, I have an email. It's from Jamie. Subject, Twin Peaks Season 3. He says, Hi, Paul. Can't wait until you make it to a specific episode of Twin Peaks Season 3 and speak about it on the pod. I'll leave it at that. Uh, I think I know what he's talking about. I, I've, I've been informed that there is an episode. I don't know which one, so I don't know whereabouts it falls in the series, but I know there is an episode that people have mentioned as being just completely mental. Um, and almost to the point of having nothing to do with, <laughs> with anything. So I'm very excited uh, to see that one. Uh, it continues, as a whole, the Return series, which is the third series of Twin Peaks, has occupied a weird space in my head for three years now. For me, it so frequently drifts from off-putting moments of mad absurdity to unique and surreal beauty. So I've always found it incredibly hard to unpack, assess, and rank in my head. God damn, that sounds good. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch it. Um, on to his question. He says, I've just set up a challenge starting in January to watch one film a week from my hmm. massive letterboxed watch list for the next decade. Wow. <laughs> so that would be 50 films a year for 10 years. 500 new films. It's doable. It's definitely doable. Um he says, what would you three say are the biggest slash most iconic films or works from a director that you haven't seen? Cheers. Avatar. You've never, <laughs> you've never seen Avatar? <laughs> no. I, I, don't, I just can't imagine Joe would strange. like it. Like, uh, he's just, yeah. Avatar. No, no. That's probably the, well, I mean, that's the biggest movie I've never seen. It's like still number two or number three, isn't it? In the, yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's two. Um, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of like the the uh, Japanese stuff. Like Paul goes on about the Ghibli's. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen like the the moving castle thingy or the your other ones. I don't, I don't know what they're called, but yeah, I haven't seen any of them. I haven't seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I haven't seen. Actually, that's probably about it. <laughs> I've seen every. What about what about it. kind of the non-animated Japanese, Korean stuff? Um, I've seen like Kurosawa. Or... Yeah, I've seen I've seen all of these big stuff. Um, uh, Park Chan Wook and ooh. Bong. Obviously, we love Bong. Oh, I love Bong. Yeah. yeah. Um, Park Chan Walker did like yeah. Old Boy and oh, Stoker. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen those. I don't really like action stuff. Not action, yeah. like martial arts stuff, I'm not really into. So I'm not seeing any of that. Uh, other than that, I've probably seen, you know, if you go through like the IMDb top 250, I've seen. See most of them? Unless it's like old stuff, you know, 
Chaplin or whatever. Oh. Right, yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah. that. Come on. I think you're definitely more movie guy than Barry and myself in terms of like I'd say Barry and myself have much more glaring holes than you would have. Oh, yeah. And that's not that's not an innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Amadeus. Apparently that's very good. Amadeus, Amadeus. I'm sure always wants me to watch that. Uh, yeah. A uh, right. couple of Scorsese ones. I haven't seen Casino. Um, uh, you know, said I haven't seen. You know, a lot of. I don't think I'm not sure if I've seen a film by Francis Ford Coppola. Now that I think about it, I didn't see ah. uh, Dracula or either the Good uh, uh, Godfathers. Um, I kind of realized there as I over the over the the last month when I watched the thing and Halloween, I was like, I haven't seen a lot of John Carpenter's stuff. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think those are uh, big ones. I haven't seen Apocalypse Now, actually, that's quite a big one. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. Um, I would say if I was to pick like a top three, um, I've never seen Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I'd say that's a big one, Spielberg. Um, a movie that's held in very high regard that I've never seen is Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. Um, Which I have on my... Remember my alphabetical list of movies that I was doing before I started watching Twin Peaks? Uh, That is my T movie, so I will get to it. Um, Which was also, I think, Day-Lewis's first Oscar win, which is mad when you consider how many movies he made before that. Uh, What else have I never seen? Never seen Seven. Oh, what? Um, what? Oh, seven. Seven. I, seven. <laughs> seven. Like, seven. I'm telling you now. <laughs> uh, like, 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 or you could get it for, you could probably get the ultra fucking collector's edition 4K Blu ray for 50 pence in CEX. I have it on Blu ray. <laughs> so, what? And you would Even like, more unforgivable. You would like seven. Seven's fucking great. Um, I really like seeing the guy this email. Like any of us going, oh, what? You haven't seen that? That's the whole point. But I can't believe you haven't seen Seven. I've seen the Godfathers. I've seen yeah. like Citizen Seven. Kane. Seven's one of those. It's not like one of those, um, you know, old classics like Citizen Kane, where you're a bit like watching it as homework. Like <laughs> Seven is Seven's really good. It's just like a great movie. You should enjoy. It. <laughs> you know, definitely, definitely check that out. Well, I'm trying to think like even the extremes of genre. You know, like. Okay, you you have your quote unquote good films, right? Mm. But then, like I've seen the best of action. Like I've seen Terminator, Predator. I've never seen any of the Rambo films, and I've never seen any. Not counting Creed, I've never seen any of the Rocky films. Mm. Um, yeah, I was actually I forgot to mention this during the, the I wanted to mention this during the lockdown conversation. My my boredom has gone to such that now TV emailed me that I want a discount on their movie pass, which I was like, I'll never. I have a million subscription services and Blu-rays I don't want to use, but I still took it anyway because it was two months for a tenner. Um, and they do have a great selection on there, and including this is why you reminded me Rambo, which I have also never seen any of that. So, oh, I've never uh, seen Rambo actually. Um, I will watch. 
I think like Rocky, I think it's funny that it's both Stallone. I think like Rocky, it's kind of like the first one was kind of a well-regarded, yeah. I won't necessarily say prestige, but a very well-regarded movie that had a point. It won, it won Best Picture at the Oscars. <laughs> for, 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 did it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny, cause, but then it just kind of became schlock almost immediately. You know? Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the sequels were then did become schlock. Get Hogan and Mr. T and quick! And a robot! We need an 80s robot! I know Rocky won the Oscar. I'm talking about Rambo. Oh, Rocky. No, Rambo, no. No, no, because Rambo, I don't think, was an Oscar winner, but it was still a kind of... It's kind of more about, like, PTSD and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and yeah. Somewhere along the way, that got lost, and now he's in Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Well, anyway, thanks very much, uh, Jamie, and don't worry, when I get to Twin Peaks Season 3, you'll be hearing all about it. Uh, is that all our emails? Yeah. Brilliant. Um, well, what about the wrestling this week, lads? Who watched what? Yeah, we all watched Dynamite. Another strong week for Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did watch Dynamite. I was, I wasn't as into it. I've, I've kind of, or a little bit checked out with AEW. No, moment. not checked no. out. No, not checked out. It's good. It's still good, but I'm not as like, you know desperate to watch it as I was yeah you know it's just I think it's just too many sort of storylines and characters where it's just sort of I don't really know what they're doing there's no like direct clear direction for them mm. maybe it maybe there is I'm just not getting it but I, yeah I, I think I'm with you I still watch it weekly but I, I get where you're coming from oh yeah I, I would definitely Do you watch think it week, but yeah with the, with the young book storyline the Omega storyline and to an extent the MJF storyline do you think there's too many storylines where they assume that the crowd are following along, but that they're actually kind of muddled and unclear? Because to have one of those is one thing, but when so many of the storylines are like, wait, why is this happening? Why is MJF yeah. joining the inner circle? Why is uh, Omega have women come out with brooms now? Why, <laughs> why are the young books like, ah, oh, sorry, but not sorry, we kicked people? What you know, there's so much happening that is it's a lot of that. A lot of that. It feels like you know, they're spinning so many plates that some of the plates are starting to wobble a little bit and they're just hoping you don't know. Like, I, th- I think MJF Jericho is quite clear in terms of what's going on, but then they're both heels, so it's kind of like, well, what you know, who are you rooting for, really? It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And yeah, the other two, I think they they confuse in, in wrestling a lot of the times, they confuse nuance with just confusing people. You know, well, the audience are confused. That's because it's so nuanced. It's like, no, it's just because you're not telling a clear story. Um, I mean, with, with wrestling, you can be a bit nuanced, but ultimately, it's pro wrestling, you know, and it has yeah. to have a certain simplicity to it. Yeah, there's definitely room for some nuance. But I think back to like February and the stuff with Hangman Page and Omega and the Bucks. I thought that was very kind of interesting storytelling with some nuance. What they're doing now is just like, well, you know. It's just alienating. I'm not that interested in the box when they're just, you know, I don't know what they're doing or what their motivation is. No, this was their opportunity to explain it somewhat. Um, and they really didn't. <laughs> they really didn't. Um, I think I saw on Twitter someone hypothesized that, um, you know, they could say something like, uh, with, with the implosion of the elite, that they were just kind of not themselves and and 
they're trying to now get back to who they were. Hmm. But they didn't even say that. They were just like, uh, sometimes good people do bad things. <laughs> well, then, no, then you're not a good person. <laughs> you are bad people. So I didn't quite buy it. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind the Kenny thing. I think the Kenny thing is fine. Because um, uh, I, I think there is a level of... He is a heel, but he's not being a dick about it. So it's kind of that, like the whole thing last week where he was like raising Sonny Kiss's hand after he squashed him. Like I think that was very much being a dick about it. But that, but that's the thing; it's, it's being a dick about it. But it's not like I'm I'm going to beat you up after the match. It's just kind mm-hmm. of I'm a smarmy, love the smell of my own fire. Well, is it what one of wrestling's best characters, the smarmy babyface, who's really a heel, but? Thinks he's a baby face and thinks everyone loves it. Yeah. 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 I, I, like, that I can get on board with. But in this kind of pool of storylines left and right that are kind of muddled, I think that message gets a bit lost. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think I think it doesn't. I think it being adjacent to the Young Bucks thing doesn't help at all. Because um, that I is bad. I like the idea of Kenny. That is bad. I like I like the idea of a heel Kenny and and like a wrestler who's really good, but knows he's really good. Like that, that's that's not done that often in wrestling. I don't think like a wrestler mm. who's a great wrestler, but he's kind of just so arrogant with it. Um, I think that'd be great. I'd love to see like a heel Kenny Omega as world champion. I think that'd be really entertaining. Um, yeah. Hopefully, that's that's the direction they're going. But um, yeah, still a good show. I liked the road to Dynamite. Um, with Wardlow, I thought he showed a lot of charisma in that in that segment. I don't know if you saw it, but that was that was interesting. And um, he's he's progressing. I mean, he's still you know yeah. a long way to go, but I think he's definitely got potential. Uh, and speaking of charisma, Eddie Kingston continues to be great. Yeah, the man. Oh, um, so good, so so good. I thought the town hall segment was a little bit too cute for its own good. Yeah, like, like when they did the debate or whatever it was. It was uh, just had to see it again. Uh, a hair or two over the line for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, women's match good. Um, Serena Deep. That was a, that was a nice little match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Layla Hirsch is very small. She's, she's a, very she's very very small. small. Woman. Because um, three is not big, not big. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good, good show. When is the pay per view? It's not. It's next week or something. Isn't it? It's this coming weekend. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah. Right. I look forward to that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope they. they uh, you know, I hope Wednesday is a very strong show to send them home well. Um, because we look at the card, I think the card is mostly pretty good. It's Hangman versus yeah. Omega. It's Mox versus Eddie in an I Quit match. It's the Bucks versus FDR, which, you know, maybe on the night that one will be a home run. I I, I won't say it's unlikely because it is still the Young Bucks, you know. Um, what else is there? Oh, Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy in a deletion thing. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida, who had a very good match last time, but the the lack of effort they put into that um, is is was quite something. Um, Did that last last pay per view from that same match? Uh, two pay per views ago is when oh, yeah, Shida won oh, it. Oh, Thunder Rosa was the last one. Yeah, yeah so Shida won it two pay per views ago against Nyla. So you know, right, yeah. they made a very good match, and it's like she is she is like far and away the number one contender in the rankings but yeah. like she also hasn't been on Teddy for like a month I think it's a bit ridiculous 
Um, so yeah, hopefully Wednesday's a really strong show where everyone gets to 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 say their bit. But uh, yeah, that'll be yeah. So next week we'll talk about the go home show and the uh, run down the card property. Um, I did. There was you might not know this, but there was a pay per view this week that's. Um, Yes, that, uh, got some people talking, and I watched one whole match off it. Uh, I watched. Oh, that, what, wait, what was the name of this pay per view? This was uh, WWE Hell in a Cell. You mean a pay per view? I do, in fact, mean pay per view. Um, so yes, I watched uh, the Sasha Banks versus Bailey mm. Cell match for the SmackDown Women's Title. And it was very, very, very good indeed. Uh, I thought it was uh, one of the best matches I've seen. Probably overall one of the best matches all year, but in WWE, absolutely running laps around everyone else. Running <laughs> laps around basically the entirety of the of the men's division. Um, it was it was really great. Tons of callbacks to their earlier match. Great physicality. They were beating the hell out of each other. Super innovative spots with the cell and with the weapons. It was just great stuff. Uh, they they were on. They were definitely on, and and it felt like a worthy inclusion into their uh, their their feud. So big thumbs up on that. Yeah, I would I would like to check that out. I haven't. Yeah, I did download it, but I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But it sounded great. And, um, and then there was a NXT UK match that was getting rave reviews, which I may check out. I don't. There's always these kind of great matches people talk about, but I just cannot be bothered to watch WWE. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just turned off to it in general, so it's hard. But sure. same, even even it. even yeah, I I will say that Banks versus Bailey. I feel like the the things that are annoying about WWE were less were less so in that match. There was like one spot where the camera freaked out because they were doing weapon shots, but other than that, it was fine. Commentary was fine for it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I haven't seen the NXT UK match before, but I've seen Dragunov and Walter uh, incredible matches before, and I've seen I've seen them mix it up live, and uh, they I I can I am certain it'll be. I also want to check it out. I haven't yet, but. Um, I'm sure in an empty arena, they absolutely battered the shite out of each other to compensate the fact that there was no one there. So uh, I, I will definitely check that out. Yeah. I, I did watch some of Hell in a Cell as well. Mm. I watched the Sasha and Bailey Cell match mm. uh, live, actually, because I couldn't sleep that night. So I knew it was on, so I stuck it on. Um, I also caught the last 15 minutes or so of the uh, Roman Reigns Jey Uso match. Oh yeah, which was two minutes of wrestling and thirteen minutes of like a <laughs> weird telenovela. Oh no. <laughs> um, which you know you mentioned that um, Sasha and Bailey didn't feature a lot of the stuff that annoys you about WWE. Uh, this match reminded me why I hate WWE I quit matches because 90% of it was the ref talking going, do you quit? Oh, uh, come on, Jay, I can ring the bell. Just let no. me know. Tell me you quit. And uh, Come on. I'm asking him, Roman. Roman, I'm asking him, Jay, come on. Come on, Jay, come on. Let me let me ring the bell for your brother. Come on, Jay, come on. I was like, remember the days when it was just the rock with a microphone going, this piece of shit's going to quit. Now it's the ref talking the whole time. I don't oh, hear these refs talking. Fucking jabroni. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The modern, the modern I quit match is horrendous. It really is. 
At AEW Wrestling, please God, don't let your your refs talk this weekend. Let Moxley and fucking Kingston have the mic and do their, their own stuff. I don't want to hear the ref going, come on, Mox, I can ring the bell for you. Great. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. I think those two, those two will probably try and be, they're going to want to be Funk and Flair. You know what I mean? They're not going to want to be John Cena and Randy Orton. You know what I mean? They, they, they want to just batter each other and have a violent match with an I quit tip and not have a, a talk-a-thon, you know. The ref only needs to be there to hold the microphone and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And of course, whatever the ref does, tell them what spots to do and all that shit. But in terms of the product, in terms of us watching it as a TV show, I don't want the ref involved at all, please. Um, apart from that, I thought it was all right. Roman Reigns uh, is a very good actor, and so is Jey Uso. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact, though, that... Like the story was that Roman Reigns had beat him so badly um, that you know the brother who so ran out and Roman Reigns started choking him and so he said I quit to save my brother that old um, fake out ending where you know he didn't quit because he got beat so badly he quit because to save the other guy which <laughs> is kind of the equivalent of tying the legs to the ring post in the last man standing match so I, I wasn't a fan of that but um I thought, despite all the the issues I had with it, in terms of a performance from the two wrestlers involved, I thought it was really good. And then okay. I didn't watch the Randy Orton one that Dave Meltzer gave like four and a half stars to. Oh my god! I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch Drew McIntyre Randy Orton. Hell, so sorry. Yeah, I'm sure it was very good, but God, no. Um, yeah, so that was Hell in a Cell. By, by all accounts, it was overall a, a strong show. Um, so yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Maybe we'll have a, we'll chat about that NXT UK match if we get around to watching it. Uh, but we will talk about more Dynamite. We'll, we'll run down full gear, and we shall also have um, uh, chit-chat about you know the the, <laughs> the the next week worth of lockdown and all the movies and TV shows we're going to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to check in with a, an advanced Final Fantasy take as well. So there you go. Uh, So in the meantime, everyone, do take care of yourselves, wherever you are in the world, whatever level you're at. uh, Do mind yourselves, do wash your hands and all that jazz. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye.